Hello, hello, beautiful people. Mi gente bella. Welcome, welcome to another edition of Santana Says, where we talk about everything from roadblocks to relationships, everything in between, and the overall journey of life. As always, I am super excited to bring you another edition of the show. And if you recall, previous episode. I was talking about angel numbers and I was struggling there to remember because I was saying that I used to see 444 all the time and I went from that to seeing threes always uh, together and I just couldn't remember for the life of me what those indicated but they actually mean support and so I definitely think it's been an incredible year of support and as always I would love to shout out anybody who has been supporting the show in any way listening to it sharing it giving me a chance to tell others about it I have been incredibly overwhelmed but also humbled by the amount of support that has always come out of this show. So I always want to thank you all and just thank you so much for tuning in and being a part. And so for those who are able to actually see me, I am wearing blue today. For those who cannot, I am wearing the blue for in honor of Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So it is January and so we're in the thick of it. January is also Stalking Awareness Month. So today I want to talk about both. And so starting with the first one, Human trafficking. The thing with human trafficking is that there are two parts. And so regardless, it is definitely the result of any force. It's any the result of any fraud or coercion that is then used to get either forced labor from someone or to get a some kind of commercial sex act from them. So you got the labor part, then you got the sex part. And so as a result, human trafficking encompasses both of those, but at there's you got to make sure there's a distinction between the two there is those two different areas that are there when it comes to labor trafficking i have absolutely there's a world of not only information about it but it is incredibly fascinating to know unfortunately that human trafficking can really just be modern day slavery and so a lot of times we talk about slavery as this thing in the past and it's interesting too how that comes up in you know racial conversations as well and when we're having conversations about diversity but Slavery is absolutely something that is real and modern day slavery is absolutely something that exists. And so human trafficking, unfortunately, is an example of that. And it's a way that we know that that has occurred in our world. And so the thing is with um, one thing that I was being taught when I was in the world of advocacy and I was first learning about all these things with human trafficking, I had no idea that with, so there were some certain shops that you can go into, for example. And so you could enter the shop. And at one point, the example that I was given was that there was somebody actually greeted someone, but they came from the back and then they greeted everyone, but none of the workers were actually there. So you just saw one person come and greet you. And then, you know, that was it. And then once you said whatever service you wanted, these other workers then came from the back did the service and then returned to the back. So it just, it looked a little odd. And what we um, ended up finding out, unfortunately, is that a lot of them were actually there getting paid close to nothing and they were actually being trafficked. And so unfortunately they weren't allowed to show their face in between, weren't really allowed to have lives. And that was something that was right front and center. And so as a result, I've also talked to a lot of like beauticians nowadays who they even get human trafficking training to bring more awareness to that because sometimes traffickers will bring their victims essentially to the shops. They're gonna make sure that they get their hair done. They're gonna make sure that, you know, things go well for them. So it's good for people to have those eyes out and, you know, to be able to see that. But that's also having to do 
with the sex acts. So we have that, which is labor. So, of course, you'll have some people that are trafficked in that way. But the one that we have heard about often and the one that I focused a lot more of my work on was the human trafficking for commercial sex acts. And so, unfortunately, with that, the thing is, it happens here. It definitely does. And I know that we don't have a lot of conversations surrounding it. And I think a lot of us, it's a very sad truth, right, to accept the fact that here, even in our own state and for those who know i'm definitely coming to you from ohio it happens and to be honest one of the reasons why it does happen is because we have highways we have ways to easily get out of state and so unfortunately traffickers see that as an opportunity to then take individuals and be able to take them across state lines and you know be able to engage them in whatever acts they want to do and to and the main thing is too is profit is driving it and so unfortunately we do we know we live in a capitalist society we're driven a lot. We are driven by money, um, definitely to acquire as much of it as we can. And traffickers definitely know that. And so they also know that not only that they're driven by that profit, but also that a lot of people do like to engage in sexual activity. And so they take advantage of that and definitely drive a profit in that way. But as but it, the other thing is that Ohio, at least, is one of the states that is ranked when it comes to human trafficking. And so that's actually a good thing. There are some states that don't even know they're ranking because they're not even having the conversation about it. Doesn't mean that human trafficking isn't happening there. It's just that they're not talking about it. And they're like, well, maybe if we don't, you know, what I mean, if we don't mention it, uh, they I don't know if they're under the impression that it'll disappear, but it certainly will not. Human trafficking definitely happens all over. There's a lot of hotels, unfortunately, where trafficking occurs. And there are warning signs to look out for, because unfortunately, if there's an individual who you might see that all of a sudden they look, they were somebody that might have been, you know, not necessarily like not put together, but all of a sudden it looks like they got like designer clothing and, you know, they just seem to have had a lot more money than something that they would have acquired or things like that. It is possible that trafficking may have been may be happening in that case. And so unfortunately, it definitely does happen right before our eyes because traffickers do go to places where they can find people. And so that does happen at schools. It can happen at libraries. It can happen anywhere. And so it's definitely good for us to, you know, know that and then know that that potential is there. And so at least we can continue to have more conversations about it. And if somebody were to be in that life, if we can hopefully report it, say something about it, but if nothing else, at least know that it's, that it is there, that it does exist and that these things happen. Now, now that I've, you know, background, now that we've said that that's kind of like what it looks like and what it is, here's my thing. So I do feel that I've heard a lot of different things when it comes to human trafficking. And so, especially on the sexual side, when we're talking about commercial sex acts. And so sometimes once a person is in that lifestyle of human trafficking, and that is what has happened, I have absolutely heard a lot of things that are referred to as victim blaming. Victim blaming means that you basically put the responsibility on the victim, the person that is actually being, you know, abused. And so you say a lot of things like, it's same when we talk about like rape and things like that. Well, you know, why did that person go to that party by themselves? Why were they so intoxicated? What did they have on? Like, it's a lot of those things in the nature. I've absolutely heard that with human trafficking. And my thing is, that's why I wanted to be able to have the conversation about it, is that a lot of the individuals who end up getting trafficked, never that was never part of the plan. I don't know anyone that was thinking, wow, this sounds really attractive. So like, I would just, I would love to be a sex slave for the rest of my life. That sounds like a good plan to me. That's not how that goes. But unfortunately, that's what it sounds like when we put the blame on the people that end up in that lifestyle. And so, you know, I always find issue when we, you know, don't give enough time to provide clarity 
around it but I just love you know but I actually had to be educated myself so to be honest I'm not saying that's why I'm glad we now have these opportunities and spaces because I absolutely didn't know a lot of these things until I knew and so once I got educated on myself I was like oh we need to definitely educate more people on it because I would love for others to know as much as I know about it now the way I do and so the other thing that happens is I have absolutely seen that so one, for example, somebody I know that was that unfortunately was brought into the life of trafficking. This person was actually a college going person. They had a lot going for them. They were in their studies and unfortunately they were trafficked by their significant other. And so there was the opportunity to basically hand this person over. And that's actually what also happens. So not only is it that people get what we think are like those myths of just like people getting kidnapped, that white van coming, swooping that person up and then whisking them off into this life of that. I mean, that can happen. Sure. Like these things have occurred and that's why we see a lot of shows and movies around it. But sometimes people are being trafficked by their own family members. That's the other reality that I feel like we don't talk about enough. It's by people they know. And it's definitely by people they trust. And so nobody knows that that's exactly what they're being handed over to. But it has absolutely happened. A lot of times it can be for addictions. So if a person does have that addiction to drugs or they're trying to support it, sometimes it's been for that. Sometimes it's been to pay off debts. Literally, people have traded people's lives for that. It could be for many different, for a multitude of reasons. But the person that I was telling you all about was in college and everything going for them and this person was a completely sober person because they were in college they they just I know not everyone that goes to college may be that way but this person happened to be did not have at least vices of that kind drugs wise and so unfortunately the trafficker started to give this person drugs to the point where they did become addicted to them because that is the thing if you've never tried it and unfortunately you get you're given a high amount of it eventually you are going to become dependent on it and you're going to seek it and unfortunately the trafficker did that to this person and a person that was going to college like had all these great big dreams and had never tried drugs in their life was now addicted to drugs and not only that, but looking to the trafficker to continue providing them. And so they weren't always sticking around only because, you know, they just love this person or anything like that. But unfortunately, they were just trying to support their habit. And so they found themselves staying in that way. But I definitely don't want to minimize the romantic connection that happens as well. A lot of traffickers will lure individuals into that life by forming a romantic connection. And so some have definitely gotten lured into that lifestyle because they do feel some kind of gap and so because maybe they aren't getting love at home or maybe they don't have a great support system and unfortunately some of them may be runaways that end up in the life of trafficking but a lot of other individuals they may not necessarily have done that but they might have shared you know on their social media that they were having a hard time and then somebody might have seen that like a trafficker sees that like get starts having a conversation with them and makes it presents themselves as a more viable option well let me take you out you know let me you know show you something different the other thing is that the trafficker isn't always the person so the other thing with the one I that I was like fascinated by and that was very interesting for me to learn about in this world of trafficking is that it's not always just the you know what what has been quintessentially known as like the pimp himself so like we've known that there's been many shows and movies that show that you know character where the pimp is actually somebody we want to be like they got all this fly they got all this swag and they're actually like this great person because they got all these women lined up and they just seem really great and their lifestyle seems really attractive but what we also realize is that actually there's sometimes 
you'll have that, you know, male figure. Sometimes that acts as that, but then they'll actually have a woman who then does the recruiting for them. So this is somebody that has also been trafficked themselves, but they basically got promoted to be able to then be this person who then brings in other people into the fold. And so knowing that that all happens, I've absolutely heard countless, countless, countless stories of people befriending like becoming friends with someone thinking that they were forming a friendship a genuine friendship that this person actually cared about them a little did they know they were being lured into this lifestyle and so that's why I think it's great that we do have an entire month dedicated to this so we can know more about it because absolutely sexual assault is important so is domestic violence any of the interpersonal violences that we do talk about here and elsewhere but human trafficking is certainly interesting in that way and how it operates the profit behind it and also just how common it is and so I don't feel like it's equated at that same level of commonality with others interpersonal violence that we hear we don't we might hear about it in some spaces but I don't feel like we hear about it enough as this thing that is happening right before our eyes when it really is the other thing is so you know, I know that we may have some interesting or mixed feelings when we're talking about any of these things, but also when we're talking about how it plays out in society or in our world. So disclaimer, I am going to also talk a little bit about the documentary that came out recently. I don't know if everyone's seen it, but there was an R. Kelly documentary that dropped. So I don't know if everybody's familiar, but for those of you who may have mixed feelings about it I do want to make it known that that's what I will be talking about now so I want to be able to make sure that you know that but I don't want to get too deeply into it what I want to be able to talk about is that just overall what it represented so for me I was somebody that did watch it I did watch it was essentially the third season that had just dropped and there was two seasons that happened before it so in this documentary overall you did get to see how R. Kelly essentially was able to lure his victims into a lifestyle and it absolutely was an example of human trafficking this wasn't one-on-one incidences he absolutely had an entire network and so it did play out in that way and it is definitely an example so for those who are able to see it there were multiple uh, a lot of individuals that came forward and so i know there may be different feelings surrounding that and like what that looks like and because it was a celebrity i mean let's be clear r kelly is somebody that i mean you just have to say their name we know exactly who that for a lot of us we know exactly who that is we can think of a song that he might have sung we can think of you know where we might have seen him and a lot of us grew up with r kelly so the thing is when we have those celebrities it is it's a big part of our lives for some of us if we you know we've known them for this long it's super difficult to see them in any other way except that and to separate the fact that you know they are who they are and this is what they contributed to society and to think of them in any other way but this amazing artist that they are and what they gave to us is hard to do especially when in his case he provided music for I mean so many different people you know I mean in so many different ways and it was you know for a lot of people have played those songs at places like weddings you know so for them it is super nostalgic they feel this connection to him a lot of people feel like they are very very close to someone like him even though they may never have met him and for others they did meet him and then there are a lot of people that met him and unfortunately it did not go the way they wanted and so I just feel that 
whether we are thinking about that or not, I definitely think it was an excellent depiction of what human trafficking looks like. So I'm not going to be here to vilify R. Kelly. You're not going to hear that on the show. You're not going to hear exactly all of those things. I know we all might have our mixed feelings, but I do want to make it clear that what I am saying is that what that documentary captured and what R. Kelly did and what the documentary was talking about is absolutely human trafficking. Human trafficking because force absolutely happened in a lot of those cases. Fraud absolutely occurred because a lot of lies were spread and coercion. Because here's the thing, coercion is when you are when you are coerced and so when you are forced into something. And so you might not, and you're not exactly you might not be clear either on what it is that you're signing up for. There were a lot of individuals who were lured to be around him for what he had and what he had to offer. And I mean, I'm not one to say that I wouldn't, I can't see why exactly they wouldn't be lured to that. I absolutely heard so many things though, after the first, especially those first two seasons about so many mixed feelings. You know, some people were like, wow, I love that we are talking about this. I'm so glad. Like I feel so great for these women that stepped forward I'm so glad that survivors, you know, the strength they had and that courage. But we know we had tons and tons of people that did not feel that same way. And I get it. I definitely feel that they it was hard to believe. Right. It was hard to accept. But then also, if we do accept it and we do accept the reality that comes with it, then we do have to also accept that this person who we love and who we love what they made is not a good person. And so, like, how do I do that? Like, how can I, how can both of those things be true? That they are this amazing and gave us great things in the form of these great songs and productions, but they were capable and actually did execute these things that I don't stand for, that I don't agree with, and that were never, should never have occurred. And so that was, I definitely think that that's, those are hard truths to accept, but what I really, really, what I appreciated for sure from the documentary is that, it does. That is how it happens, though. And so I really appreciated the opportunity, not only because you heard from a lot of different voices, but also that you really got to see what it looks like when someone falls in love with the person that is abusing them. And of course, it's easier to do that when that person has a lot to offer you like riches. They are already famous and I get that they have this incredible platform. But if we also listen really closely, we got to hear a lot about R. Kelly, the human, and just how he shared things about his own childhood, how he had also been victimized. And that doesn't always happen. That's the other thing that was interesting for me when I watched it. Now, if you are victimized as a child, sometimes you will victimize others because you are acting out. And so you don't know how to necessarily make sense of what occurred to you. So you might then victimize others especially when you're very very young so when you're very young and it happens and you're not exactly sure how to make sense of it as you do try to process it you try to figure out whether it is normal so you find you might find see that children will you know show this unnatural sexual behavior with someone else and so you know that's them trying to figure out well was it okay what happened to me I'm not sure if this is what we do is this normally how we play with each other because that's unfortunately what happens to kids if anybody is successful to unfortunately abuse a child they had to have gone to that child's level and tell them something that would allow that child to then engage in it they might say something like well no this is all all, all kids play or this is how you show somebody that you love them this is what you do with an adult like those are things that are said unfortunately to children to get them 
to them participating in a sexual act, especially something that they don't know anything about. So my thing is too, do kids naturally ever gravitate to or anything like that sexually just naturally? No. Now, do they have curiosity? Are they curious about their bodies? You know, does those things happen? Sure. But do kids naturally gravitate towards wanting to engage in activity that they've never seen before no unless they have been introduced to it so unfortunately you'll see a lot of abusers try to lure kids with things like pornographic material and so they will they'll show it to them and then say like okay so now we're going to do what was on it and so unfortunately they'll use all these different tactics and r kelly was actually one of them he definitely mentioned more than once and that really really stuck out to me now, and but as I mentioned, that doesn't always happen. There are also a lot of people who go on to be victimized, also depending on their age um, and in general, who don't do that. So it's not that every person who's out here victimizing other people has been victimized. That's not always the case because there are many people who have been victimized and they have no intention of letting anyone else feel the way that they felt. They would, what they would want more than anything is to prevent anyone else feeling how they felt when they were victimized. There are a lot more people like that. And unfortunately, some of those people get re-victimized. That unfortunately is a reality because once it happens to them once, it's hard for them to put up those defenses because they kind of just feel like, all right, well, it happened one time, you know, I'm not really sure how to like defend myself the next time it happens, you know, it actually might be easier for me to just give in to this situation, because in that way, I won't upset the person. So when it does happen, it'll get over with quicker. Like those things, unfortunately, are true. And so that's not the person, you know, of course, it doesn't mean they deserve it, you know, that they wanted that to happen, but some will give into the situation literally to appease the other person and to make it easier to withstand because there are some people that have been victimized for years, which was mentioned in the documentary. And during that time period, if they are unable to escape the person or it's become part of their lifestyle, they gonna make it easier on themselves. So it's not that they want, they necessarily just want to stay, but it's also that they just want to make things easier to bear, like easier to tolerate and easier to manage. And so unfortunately, I saw a lot of that happening. Did I also hear from some, some survivors who were in love with him? I definitely did. And I feel like that definitely happens. And I know that that can also occur, but that's also what, an abuser will use to their advantage in that kind of case because the other thing is connecting this to stalking stalking itself is a pattern of behaviors is directed to one person to the point where that person fears for their safety or the people around them feel for you know fear there's a fear of safety so safety is being threatened either either way and so unfortunately what I also heard there is that some of them literally were unable to leave they were either threatened you know if they did leave some of them were actually like they were actually locked up in certain rooms so they weren't able to they literally didn't have the means to leave and then there were some who honestly didn't have to be locked up because they were all already locked up in their minds they absolutely wanted to stay they felt that this was the best situation for them and you'll see that in society and so what I thought was you know apart from whether or not you know we want to analyze just him or you know just that one celebrity or anything like that does this happen in our society? That's what I want to say here today on Santana Says. My main thing is, I feel like whether, no matter how you feel about him, and no matter how you feel about that in general, does human trafficking happen in our world? And does it look like that? Absolutely. You better believe it. And the other thing is, what I love, loved about that documentary is because it gave 
a space and opportunity to talk about that. Not only does this happen and not only does this happen, it happens to all genders. Once again, let's not forget, um, because actually what I also want to point out is that is it possible for those who identify as males and those who have a penis to be able to get traffic. Absolutely. The unfortunate truth is that it does happen to males as well. And those, again, who have that body part because they actually don't get pregnant. And so it actually is very attractive to some traffickers to be able to have that, to be able to victimize them because they not only can engage in sexual acts, but they won't get pregnant as a result. And unfortunately, with those who have vaginas and have uteruses, that is not the case. And so they have to take care of that. They either allow the baby to be there and grow up in the same lifestyle or they have to get rid of the child. A lot happens. And that is another thing that traffickers will do. Very often they will take the victim to the hospital you know what i'm saying make sure they're good or let's say they have an std they will take them to the hospital to get treatment if they're pregnant they might take them to you know set up the abortion appointment or prior to that you know take them to get the plan b pill they might even have them actually go in as a rape victim so sometimes they'll do that they'll have them perform a rape kit and all of these things, because when you do that, you are offered the option to get a plan B pill when, you know, when it's been made known, when you share that you've been raped. And so unfortunately, they'll take them, do all those things, but then pick them up before they're officially discharged and disappear. And so unfortunately, that's another red flag when that happens, because the trafficker was waiting outside the whole time. And so they were just, you know, they wanted to make sure the medication was done and that that got handled. But they had no intention of that person actually getting, you know, the help. And so that does occur. And so sometimes it's good to know that that's why it's helpful, right? To know that human trafficking is a thing because you could have been standing right by a person, unfortunately. And, you know, I know that it's, you know, we don't always feel like how we can intercede, but it, you know, it is possible that maybe we could have some other intervention. And do we need to take that on? So do I want to then bring awareness to human trafficking and say that, okay, so as a result, we should all put on our capes and become superheroes and just try to save the world ourselves? Absolutely not. We should let, you know, different individuals assist. But I think it's great to know which warning signs exist so that if we can help and we know that it's out there, we should, you know, we should say something. And getting back to what I was saying about the documentary, not only does it, it absolutely happens to those of all genders, absolutely happens to all identities but when you put intersectionality into play and so for those who don't know that's a term that was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw intersectionality refers to the intersection of multiple identities and so the intersection that you all saw for those who did watch the R. Kelly documentary the survivors that intersection was black and woman or a person of color and woman if we're gonna you know make it specific we had some Latina women and then we had some black women. But at the end of the day, you had women of color and you had women like that. I did hear some brief mentions of women of other identities, including white. I did hear it. But interestingly enough, a lot of the evidence connected to those situations were destroyed or it was known. And they even made it a point his brother to say we that definitely did not get out and if it would have gotten out I think the outcome for him would have been entirely different so to know that we live in a society like that where we'll move mountains when we know that a certain population is victimized but we will do nothing and allow it to go on for decades for a different population what message are we sending you know and how are we how are we telling women of color how much they you know 
that they how much they matter in the world. When you do something like that, you're letting them know that they don't matter at all. And that why should they even speak up? And some of these women did. That is the other thing. Because that's a big critique, right? With like people that are victimized. Why didn't they say something? Why didn't they report it? A lot of them did. And they were laughed at. They were laughed at. They were mocked. And they absolutely were not believed. And then that's always the thing that I always lead with first is that we should at least believe the person. Because here's the thing. If they lying, we gonna find out. It's going to come out because they're not going to be able to maintain the story and they're not going to be able to. The evidence ain't going to add up. And so the least we could do is believe them, because if it did happen, we want to make sure that that person is supported. You know, and we want to make sure that we assisted in that case wherever we could. But not believing someone and or blaming them for it or making them feel worse for something that took all the courage in the world for them to even admit that's not the world I want to live in. That, that's not how I feel like we should treat people like that, you know, knowing that they were in that situation. And the other thing is that's been incredibly interesting to me is that a lot of critiques often happen from people that either might not have been in that situation, but some have. And they obviously haven't processed their own trauma. And so they haven't taken the time to know what it was like. And they still haven't admitted to themselves that they were victimized. And then they're over here blaming other victims for what has happened to them knowing that in their case, they didn't deserve it just as much as the next person didn't deserve it. And so, ooh, it definitely was a lot, but it was also interesting to see that, you know, trauma finds one another. And so it was also fascinating to hear that he was able to, he had been victimized, so he knew what it was like to have faced trauma. And it was easy for him to find other people in the world who had also faced trauma. And so that's the thing. I mean, it does. Trauma recognizes it's, you know, one another. And so you're able to see it usually in another person. Obviously, I would hope that not everybody in the world would do what he did. And, you know, essentially go out and exploit that from another person. But again, he's not the only person that has done that. So when I looked at that, I'm not just looking at him. I'm thinking like people like that in general, they do exist. And so abusers do exist. Human trafficking is a thing. And these things unfortunately do happen in our world. And so I was really incredibly grateful that there was a documentary de dedicated to that and that it brought more awareness to that. And so the other thing that I had mentioned, though, however, is definitely, like I said, stalking. Now, stalking, if human trafficking doesn't always get a chance to be brought up, I will tell you right now, I know for a fact that stalking absolutely doesn't get brought up either. And so we got stalking. I mean, now we hear about it, but I'm saying, do we like really give it the credit about like how harmful it can be or, you know, how it takes place or how it can affect, essentially like affect others. I don't think so. If anything, I've seen a lot, a lot of jokes mentioned about stalking. It's to the point where we'll use the word stalking. And I mean, I'm guilty of it. I've done it before too, where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to admit I'm going to stalk you on Facebook or, you know, like I'll even, I've even used the word harass, like in a playful manner and things like that. But it's like stalking actually apart from that, is is a real thing though and so and even with the show you so that was a that's another one i mean i've watched it <laughs> i've definitely seen you i absolutely love the content you know i thought it was interesting you know it was an interesting show but unfortunately here's the thing with you so we got somebody who is absolutely stalking someone it's like a clear-cut example uses creative i mean super creative tactics if anything has shown us the cheat code on what stalking looks like how you can do it 
is letting us know. And the show ends up making this person into this enticing character that we are then rooting for. That is the irony of a show like you. It is showing us what a stalker looks like, how a stalker is able to effectively stalk others, you know, and make them fear for their safety. But we find ourselves at the end rooting for him. And we're like, yeah, we really hope that, you know, he ends up winning in the end. And that like, you know, I want to see what happens to him. Does he end up, you know, what's he going to do now? Is he going to find somebody else to do it? Like we find ourselves on that side. And that is, that's the part I can't, (laughs) I personally cannot that's the part I can't support just because I mean, yeah, awareness, you, you always going to hear me spreading that. Like what well, we can always do that. And I definitely think we can always benefit from more of that, but being able to then live in a society where we're kind of essentially like cheering on those who stalk others or those who do these kind of behaviors. That's, that's where I'm me personally, I'm gonna draw the line. Cause I feel like we can't, that's what we can't do. But I do think that it's great that we talk about it period, because when it does come to stalking now, stalking, stalking is an interesting one because it can show up in so many forms. So stalking ain't just that you literally walk behind a person and you hide behind a tree. And then when they see, you know, you hide, like, it's not, it doesn't look just like that. It is not just physical in nature. And so stalking is also blowing up someone's phone, you know, and so constantly calling them or like texting them back to back all of these messages and like interrupting their day. I used to work at a university and at that university, there were individuals there who were getting stalked and they would. What was interesting about the way the email system was set up. They will go to block a person that they wanted to cease contact with. And so blocking, blocking is a great thing, right, that we talk about. Like, well, you know, if you don't need some money in your life, block them. Okay, well, this person will block. And what was, I have no idea how this was possible, but instead of it actually stopping the messages, unfortunately, what would happen is the messages would then show up in this person's inbox in red. And so not only were the messages still coming in, but they were like read and essentially like flagged to show that they were coming from the black person. So it's like alerting them to look at it. It was a lot to see. And so this person is already being harassed by someone, right? Their safety was already being threatened. And then now they're having to see it in an alarming way after they took the measure to get that person out their life. And they were sitting in my office telling me about this. And so it was just incredible to know that, yeah, obviously that was a grave error on the IT department side that they didn't know that. I mean, I don't, I would hope they didn't know that that is how, you know, blocking, you know, showed up in that way. But it was also just incredible that unfortunately this person was having to share with me how they did something to cut somebody out and yet they were still there. And unfortunately, I feel like that's such a that is a perfect example of what stalking can look like, you know, because not yeah, it might not be as clear cut as that person who blocked them and it still show up as this red message. But that is what it feels like to some people, because a lot of people who have been stalked by an individual they have also done the same thing they have done they have taken similar measures they have tried to either like sometimes they will try to have conversations with the person and tell them hey i'm not interested um i don't want i don't want anything to do with you you know it was great but you know i'm i'm just not you know i just would not like this to continue some have had that conversation some are honestly too afraid to have that conversation with their stalkers there are many people again of all genders and identities who are stalked in our society and they, they, they do it in different ways. The other thing is that it completely interrupts people's lives. So that's why, again, when we talk about having a whole month dedicated to it, yeah, we need it. 
We definitely need it because the thing is when people are stalked and when they're, when their days are interrupted in that way, it can get in the way of a lot. Some of individuals who are stalked, the stalker will actually show up at their job or they will literally interrupt their work day. And there have been many people who have been stalked and lost their jobs because of this intrusion. And so, and because of something that they didn't ask for, you know, something that they wanted to stop because by going to work, they wasn't, there's, that going to work is not an invitation for you to then get visited by someone that you're not trying to interact with. That's not how that works. But the person stalking them did not see it that way. And they still came, would intrude, would cause whatever interruption, and they would do that. And so they would, you know, come there, do that. And a lot of them, you know, will face those kind of, and then it's really just double abuse at that point. So not only are you already getting this kind of intrusion, but then now you're losing your job in the process. So now your finances are being affected. Like it can really hurt someone's life, you know, to know that and to, or to experience that and to then have their lives impacted in that way. And so stalking is absolutely something very harmful and it can, as mentioned, definitely show up in different ways. But the other thing is that stalking tends to go hand in hand with domestic violence. And so a lot of unfortunately individuals who are abused in those ways domestically are usually stalked as well. And so a lot of them are harassed, they are cornered, they are targeted, and really they're belittled in the process because it can be incredibly humiliating to constantly, you know, have this happen for someone to constantly still show up in your life after you cut them out to they will also infiltrate how to infiltrate this person's you know abilities to have future relationships so stalkers will do that we kind of saw that on the on the you episode so we'll see it we got to see it with joe so like joe was out here stopping like a whole lot of things like he was literally like getting in the way you know he found really creative ways to do it i ain't gonna lie i gotta give it up to him but he was essentially stopping this person's life from living it the normal way that they wanted to and, you know, at one point he had the audacity to like really reveal himself to that person. So he also, he wasn't always, the intention wasn't also to be this like hidden stalker. No, I mean, I do want you to know who I am and I'm going to find a way to get into your life and insert myself into it. And, you know, whether you want me to be there or not, like I'm going to, you know, find a way to do that. If not, I'm going to end your life. And so that was the also horrific thing about if you have not seen you, um, I don't want to give, of course, too much away, but I will say that unfortunately it rose to that level. And so the thing, unfortunately, about that and another sad reality is that that is another reason why I feel like we can't have enough conversations about these things is because knowing that stalking goes hand in hand with domestic violence, another fear of domestic violence is it rising to the level of a person losing their life. And unfortunately, there have been many, many times where someone has lost their life at the hands of someone who couldn't take no for an answer. And so it could be unfortunately as simple as they didn't want to pursue a relationship with that person, that person did not take it well, and then did essentially kill them. And so... Dude, that is not a reality that a lot of us, you know, want to hear or to know about, but it unfortunately happens. And there have been not only is it possible for us to know somebody that that has happened to or to know a family that has been affected by that or to know that, you know, we've seen it unfortunately play out with not only, you know, famous people because it has occurred with 
in that world, but also with people, regular people, you know, regular people just like us that, you know, have also, it has, it has occurred to them. And unfortunately that family is no longer going to have that family member just because there was an abuser out there who couldn't understand clear communication and not even just that, but possess those kind of characteristics from the beginning. I mean, for somebody to want to end someone's life just shows a lot of other instabilities with that person, you know, for them to think that the most rational thing is if I cannot have you, no one else can have you and I'm going to end your life because of it definitely shows that they're struggling with a lot more than rejection, you know, so that person may have their own insecurities. I'm sure that they it is possible that they may have seen a lot in their lifetimes and they're dealing with all of those things. Does it excuse any of the things that they do, though, as a result, especially when they end someone's life? Absolutely not. And that is also how I felt when I was watching the R. Kelly documentary, that that is what I feel like that's what happens that it was such a great way to talk about how we can it, it's a struggle it is absolutely a struggle to hold people accountable when they do horrific things like that when anybody is capable of doing something that is harmful to someone else it is absolutely difficult and yes it is hard but should we not hold them accountable just because it's hard to do it no we got to we got to do that because we shouldn't live in a world like that and a lot of us have you know i have children so I absolutely, you know, I would love for my children to live in a human trafficking free world. I would love for them to live in a domestically violent free world. I would love that. A bullying free world, because bullying is absolutely something that occurs also. But it ain't true. With everything that I have done, my children have, even, have seen violence in their schools already, in their elementary school. They've seen it. If they haven't seen it, they've heard about it. And if they haven't, they're having conversations about it. And so like, you know, they're, you know, talking more about it and they're seeing it. So unfortunately, even though I would like all of those things to be true, like I said, I know that they, they do exist here. And so should we, in that case, be vilifying or putting the blame on the victims for ending up in a lifestyle like that? Is that what we should be more upset about? Or should we be more upset that this is happening in general and that there are people out here perpetrating and doing this abuse i feel like which one should we more upset about and that's what was interesting for me seeing that and knowing that we're having any struggling conversation about these things to me it should be clear-cut i feel like when it comes to anything dealing with human trafficking anything dealing with stalking i think we should always be on the side of the person that it's happening to but i know that another counter argument is that well the reason why i don't feel that way is because people lie I agree. I understand that that does happen and that some people are not always truthful. But again, those people do end up getting their punishment, though. That doesn't those lies don't usually take them far. But the other thing is that population of people that lie is very small. It is very small. And, you know, there's a lot more people, unfortunately, that are telling the truth when these things happen to them. And because they're faced with people that make them feel worse, they end up saying nothing. And they'll carry, a lot of people are carrying secrets to the grave just because they felt like they couldn't come forward and say something and they didn't feel like they would be supported when they did. And I want those people to know that, meanwhile, I want to create a culture where we, there's more of us that are supporting versus attacking. You know, and if there's people that don't understand, you know, what these things look like, like human trafficking or stalking, I'd rather us be asking questions versus making assumptions. Like, let's ask. Let's ask more converse. You know, let's ask more questions. Let's say, how can we, you know, how can I learn more versus how can I judge more? You know, I'd rather we do that first because the other thing is it's always interesting to see us passing judgment 
when we don't have all of the information and or judging something because again it's easier to do that than to accept or digest and you know take in and sit with the reality that comes with it because I know that's difficult to do and I know that's not an easy thing to do but I have been surrounded by way too many survivors for me not to want to get into this work but I also am amongst the survivors and I have absolutely wanted to rip off the shame that comes with it with saying that like yes I've been in an abusive situation and but I'm still standing you know, and yes, I didn't realize exactly what situation I was in, but I thankfully was able to get out of it. And I know better now. I absolutely know now. I just, I didn't know what I didn't know when I was in the situation. I did. You can't know what you don't know. But once you do know, I feel like we should act on that. You know, we should act on that knowledge and we should try to help others more. And the thing with stalking that's interesting, right, is that it's actually a crime in all 50 states. And so, you know, whether we think it's something that's, you know, that rises to the level of importance or not, what I will definitely say is that, yeah, it is punishable by law. Like, it is, that is how serious it is. Unfortunately, that's also how common it is. I mean, for something to be punishable in all 50 states, it means that it's happening, you know, in all 50 states. Like, it couldn't be that, you know, they were like, well, let's just band together and take a stand against this thing that isn't happening here. It's because it is. It is taking place there. And the other thing that, you know, goes hand in hand with it is that, yeah, it absolutely is. It is common. And again, it does take on these different forms of harm in those places. And there are, you know, it does play itself out in those different ways. And so I think it's important for us to know, you know, how it does play out and, you know, how it can look like, you know, for different people. So I feel like, you know, when we have those opportunities and when we are given those, you know, spaces to be able to then, you know, explore this more, I hope we, you know, we absolutely do take it and that we bring awareness to it. The only other thing that I wanted to mention though, is that because stalking goes hand in hand with domestic violence and because even though I just mentioned that it is punishable in all 50 States. Now, the thing about that is, do we see a lot of people always getting convicted of things like stalking or things like domestic violence? No, not, not all the time. I mean, I definitely don't want to, say that as a result am I saying that you know people shouldn't come forward what I no, absolutely not I think that all individuals should definitely feel supportive enough to come forward and they absolutely should but I will say that we do have a justice system that makes it incredibly difficult however and so it hasn't been easy and I lo I really appreciated that the R. Kelly documentary spoke to that because the thing is I've seen it play out I have seen individuals been stalked I have seen them be harassed and I have seen them try to prove their cases and they have not been able to because the evidence does not support, especially with something like stalking. That's intangible. You don't always have the pictures to back it up. Like when somebody's stalking you, you might be able to take screenshots if the person puts it in writing. But if they're just showing up at your job, if they're always doing that, not everybody always has a camera right then and there to be able to capture a picture of the person or, you know, video or, you know, things to always record it and be able to show all that. And some people have had all of that. Have I've had all these pictures and all these recordings and it doesn't always lead to a conviction because that person might try to explain it away or because of all that. And a lot of and the other thing that happens with our justice system is that when a person does report it, they have to usually at some point end up facing their accuser. And that causes a person a lot of fear. Like that's not something that a lot of people welcome. Like I developed all this courage to be able to come forward, but now I got to go face to face with this person, this person that I've been trying to avoid, that I'm trying to get out of my life. I now have to face them, admit what they did to me and do it in front of all these other people, you know, and maybe, maybe I'll get the outcome that I want and maybe I won't. 
And so it's just, it, it's an incredibly, it can be a very incredibly daunting process. And so I, again, give kudos to anybody that has ever been in that situation or if you know someone that has, you know. And yes, if you are able to encourage someone, please do because they are facing all of these obstacles. So no, it is not easy for them. It's not an easy process for them. And so the least we can do is make it easier for them and support them along the way and remind them that what they're doing is courageous and that it's worth it. And, and so when I would be faced with a lot of victims, but also victims in the eyes of the criminal justice system, survivors in my eyes, they, I would often remind them, you know, are you doing this hopefully to, you know, for yourself? Like, do you, do you want to go through the criminal justice process for you? Or, you know, what are you seeking? Because I would always remind them, you know, getting a conviction might make you feel better. It might not. Also, you got to know that you might get it and you might not. So I just want you to keep all those things in mind. So it's definitely conversations that I've had and continue to have. And if we have the opportunity to do it, I would always want us to be able to do that too. And so with all of that, the good news is we talking about it y'all. <laughs> so we are, you know, the fact that we have a, a month of awareness, the fact that we, you know, have different platforms that are dedicated to it. And now you, there's a new one, you know, maybe today was one of the first times you might've talked about it or heard about it or, you know, explored it. You know, I think that's a good thing. You know, it day one, is a good day. You know what I mean? It means that you are that closer to it and at least we can talk about it. And even if I said some things today and not all of it you agreed with, that's okay. You, I hope we know that that is completely all right and that's gonna happen because of course we're human beings you're not i'm not expecting anyone to see everything from my point of view or to be able to say it but if you want to have a conversation with me about it i encourage it i'd rather us be talking about it versus ignoring it and making it seem like these things don't exist and that people aren't affected by it and that people aren't hurt by it and as we mentioned when it comes to stalking the main thing that i said was an individual is felt that their safety is being threatened and I don't ever feel that anybody should live in a world where their safety is threatened and they feel like they are in a situation that is not okay for them that they feel that they cannot escape from and that they feel that they're not safe in and that there's danger present I don't ever want that to be anyone's reality so if there's anybody that I can ever help in that situation it's always going to be a yes and I'm always going to want to try and I'd rather try and you know know that I at least attempted versus that I left that person alone and I could have helped and so with that, I would, you know, appreciate as always you all, you know, tuning in. And like I said, because of that, feedback is always encouraged. You know, any if, you know, they resonated with you in any way, if it sparked any interest or any, you know, any curiosity, I'm glad. I, I hope that that's I hope that that's what it, it did for you. And I hope that it's what can continue to happen in the future. And so, as always, I'm glad to, you know, bring you another edition of the show, but also, you know, to hopefully encourage some future conversations that don't just happen here but off the show as well and so as always thank you thank you so much for tuning in and let me know if you got any ideas of other things you want to talk about and again anything that we might have touched on already that you might want to discuss further and we always drop this episode you know every other friday so please check in next following uh friday to be able to check in for another episode but as always thank you for tuning into this one and being the incredible supporter that you are thank you